Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Universe Podcast. I am your host, Leo, here with my co-host, Charlotte. Hi. And our guest, Philip. Hello. Hello, everybody. Philip, it's been a while. Has it? It feels <laughs> like yesterday. It hasn't been a while since we've seen each other. It has been a while since you've been on the podcast last time. Well, we have seen each other yesterday, but the podcast feels like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Anyway, would you mind reminding the listeners of who you are in case they, in case they don't know you? It's a good question. Where am I? <laughs> um, I am... Well, my name is Philip. Uh, <laughs> I am a member of the Universe Society, and I am a committee member. I am the, the secretary. Mr. Secretary. Mr. Sec- Mr. Secretary. I do all kinds of exciting bureaucracy-related uh, issues, and I'm the archivist. Uh, it's, it's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot of spreadsheets. Yes, and, and documents, and... And editing and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, as a writer, I usually uh, write prose, um, short stories, and I won one longer project. And I'm well, it's it's on a hiatus now. But <laughs> I, I promise myself I'll get back to it later. And I've only written a couple of poems, um, and I've recently started to go into a little bit of, of drama, but I'm still mm-hmm. um, just figuring that out. Cool. So today we're doing something that's not really your usual thing. Today you're reading yeah. poetry. And it's actually kind of a, a premiere on the podcast today, I think, because we hear something from the book for the first time. Really? As far as I know. I don't remember anybody reading anything from the book. I mean, there was some people who read something that later ended up in the being in the book. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. since the book's come, come out, I don't think anybody has read something yeah. that was in the book. Which is weird. We should have done this. You know, we should have promoted it better, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess this way it's, it's a little more exclusive. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought for a long time what I was going to present today... And since most of my prose is kind of in a uh, in a state of development or of re-editing, uh, I decided for for a poem that I that I feel comfortable with. Okay. Nice. So what you're going to read is your contribution to the book, yes. and it's called "When I'll Be Truly Happy." Yes. Why so, don't you go ahead okay. and read it? Okay. Just. Uh, <laughs> just once, no. as I said, I usually don't write poetry, and uh, my taste of poetry is uh, I don't really like modern poetry, but which I mean to say, I like poetry to have a structure and to rhyme. So <laughs> if you don't like that, then I'm sorry for you. <laughs> so here we go. When I'll be truly happy, some nights I wonder when my body shifts, when will I become happy? Perhaps if I get all the birthday gifts, am I no longer crappy? No, I am still crappy, just with more stuff. Will I be happy when I find true love? I'm happy, yeah, but to what degree? True joy you cannot just give to me. True joy can only come from deep within. But boyfriend and gifts are also a win. (laughs) Thanks a lot. It's nice to see that your funny way of writing, and I think your 
your witty style carries over from the prose into your poetry. I think that it's got real, it's got real character. I think. Thank you. I yeah. I was. I think usually when I write, write poetry, it's either super bizarre in a comedic <laughs> way, in a way that I I think I'm probably the only person who finds it funny, <laughs> or it's super emo. And it's just depressing, and I think this one is just right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, have you ever shared any of the former? Because the latter, <laughs> it's not, it's not unheard of. In the university. <laughs> I think, I think I, I shared one poem uh, about cats. Oh yes. yes. Oh, I, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool too. <laughs> also pretty sad. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was sad considering the context that I wrote it after my cat mm-hmm. passed away. But if you take it out of context, it's, it's kind of just silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> silly cat poetry. Mm-hmm. I love that. I also love silly cats. I just yeah. love cats <laughs> in all shapes and forms. Mm-hmm. I love my curly cat. <laughs> we should do a podcast episode on cats. You said that your poem rhymes. Yes. Uh, and I was wondering because I noticed that the rhyme scheme in the first stanza mm-hmm. is different than the one in the second mm-hmm. stanza. If that was deliberate, if you constructed it, or if that just happened. Um, I think. Thinking back to how I wrote that poem, um, I wrote it pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, because uh, I wrote it actually the first time that I uh, encountered the Universe Society uh, about a year and a half ago uh, when when I was not yet a member. Uh, mm-hmm. the society had a picnic right in front of the English department. And, I remember, yes, yes. I was there. <laughs> and I was just outside uh, the department on a bench. I was uh, reading for for a course. I was reading a Midsummer Night's Dream, and Marie, our president, approached me, uh, saying something like, "Oh, I, I see you're you're reading something. Do you also like writing <laughs> Some, something along those lines?" And, it's a uh, classic Marie <laughs> pickup line. <laughs> and we had a picnic, including cookies and. That's when she had me. So she <laughs> picked you up for a picnic. <laughs> yes, and at that uh, picnic, the society um, encouraged uh, other people to, to write poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was this one... Uh, I think you, you weren't there yet. No, I wasn't. No. I think you, you joined a couple of weeks later. Yes, I joined the first time. You also went to the regular meetings. I think that should be, wasn't it? Yes, I was. Yeah, I was um, I'd meant to go for ages, but scared. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the picnic, I think it was this one uh, experiment where people were encouraged to write one line of poetry each, uh, so it would become one poem written by about a dozen different people. Mm-hmm. And also, like everybody was uh, encouraged to just write uh, for themselves, or like just a bit of a prompt mm-hmm. and that's when I wrote this because it oh, was nice. kind of something that was on my mind and I went with this structure I guess spontaneously mm-hmm. and then I um, I guess like a year later I um, edited a little bit mm-hmm. and submitted it, it to uh, to be included in the, in the anthology mm-hmm. nice. very nice it's really cute. I really like that it's the first thing you ever wrote in the universe, mm. and then yeah, that it was published in the book and that you're ready now. 
that's really cool, I think. Yeah, yeah. I hope we'll be able to do a poetry picnic again sometime. It sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, concerning the topic, happiness, in your poem, I was... I really like that you that you added that component of yeah okay everybody tells me I'm going to be happy when I have a lot of things mm. or when I find love because that's what media and everybody t- mm. tells us and then you say but actually the joy can only come from deep within and mm. I was wondering what that place is deep within for you is that like a real place or is it just a metaphor or does it mean anything mm, I think Well, I think, I mean, I know I've written it, so I should, I should know. Uh, what I mean by that is, um, I guess, a metaphorical place, like, um, inside inside my own mind, basically meaning that happiness I, is something I came with, kind of came uh, to realize is, um, as, a, as like an internal, eternal state, is unrealistic, mm-hmm. um, but... It is something you can feel and enjoy in moments Mm -hmm. and you kind of have to allow yourself to enjoy it in moments and that that's what I mean by um, it being something deep within is that you yourself have to allow yourself to be happy Mm -hmm. I like that because I once heard the quote happiness is a mood and not Mm -hmm. a destination I kind of like that. I think it summarizes what you just yeah. said. I think that reflects it pretty well. Yeah. Was that around the time of your birthday? It was uh, a couple of weeks after my birthday. Okay. Which um, is why it was something that's on my mind mm-hmm. at the time. All the presents. Yeah, the presents. Mm-hmm. Did um, you also get a boyfriend for your birthday? No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, at the time of the of the writing of this poem, I was single and I was just uh, starting to be really comfortable mm-hmm. with being single, mm-hmm. which I wasn't always able to be. <laughs> But it was just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so, so strange that sometimes you just have to be fine with the way that things are and sort of, sort of just lower your expectations. <laughs> I just realized that sometimes the expectations are just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But which I don't mean is unrealistic to be happy. It's just uh, it's unrealistic to put that much pressure on certain details of your mm-hmm. life. And yeah, it was it was a couple of weeks after my birthday, and uh, I think around my birthday I always get a little bit uh, um, philosophical about <laughs> materialism and. <laughs> <laughs> What, what does any of it even mean? <laughs> and yeah, I think that's pretty much summed up in the line. I'm, I'm still crappy. I just have more stuff now. <laughs> Nothing changed. As if uh, feeling poorly or as in, you know, being a bad person. As in the meaning of crappy? Yes. Uh, as in, well... That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's sometimes difficult to determine why you don't feel happy. And I think that's something that just kind of... It's also a question that can make you even unhappier. It's not 
being able to figure out mm. why mm. things aren't working out, mm. why why don't you feel this way that you're supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just um, even more um, amplified around uh, holidays and birthdays where everybody tells you, oh, this is such a happy day. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, not only birthdays, but also like Christmas. Christmas is uh, a time of the year where everybody stresses how important it is or how you're supposed to be happy now because mm-hmm. you're with family and you're having the beautiful lights and the food and yada 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 and mm-hmm. it, it is nice but it does put a huge pressure on you to be and to feel happy and when you feel like that's not something that you are you feel even worse mm-hmm. around that time of the year yeah, but I mean, so. these occasions make you reflect on the mm. last year because they happen only once a year and then mm. you think, okay, what did I actually accomplish or do this last year? Was I successful? Did I reach my goals? I don't know, did I... whatever. And then, yeah, it, it all kind of makes sense that you would think about mm. things like that mm. around that time. For me, the problem seems to be the expectation you have and how life always doesn't really turn out to be quite what you expected. Mm-hmm. As in kind of an expectation mm. trap that you keep, that we keep, that one keeps, <laughs> uh, expecting more of life than life can actually turn out to be. Um, this is probably a, 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 a misquote of Shakespeare, but there's <laughs> the thing floating around the internet where Shakespeare is supposed to have said that um, expectation is the root for heartache. But it's a very intelligent sentence. It's true. Yes, that I'm always reminded of. Uh, um, was it called? Um, I have no idea what that is in English. Uh, Malcolm Middle. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. In Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. Uh, Dewey saying, I didn't expect anything and I was still disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also, incidentally, on his birthday, isn't it? Oh, I, uh, yeah, but. Okay. I mean, in that family, I think that could actually like be true. You have no expectations, and you're still disappointed. I think sometimes, even if, even if it's like if this is like the opposite of what people tell you, it's it's perfectly fine to have low expectations because low expectations are achievable. Mm-hmm. Like, um, as I've sort of mentioned before, you can find happiness in moments and mm-hmm. really small things and. Uh, for example, just you know, thinking about food that you enjoy, mm-hmm. or a good movie, or a nice cup of tea, or a glass of wine that you just enjoyed—that's uh, something small that you can look forward to during like a long, exhausting day, mm-hmm. or after like a long, exhausting week. You can make a plan for the week and to meet friends or just do nothing, whatever suits you. And I think those are small things that are achievable and that are Mm. more realistic. Mm. Of course, you you can still have big dreams, but those should be further in the future. Yeah, and I mean, they can also sometimes be different than what you thought they would be, you know, Mm -hmm. you have this expectation of this, okay, that's my dream, that's what I want, Mm -hmm. and then maybe when you finally get there, you're like, huh, I 
I thought it, I would feel different. <laughs> I I think I've mentioned this to, to Leo a couple of times. Uh, a great, just a great show over all this Bojack Horseman. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched it, no. uh, but it is. Um, it is very funny, but also very clever, and it mm-hmm. talks about very deep issues. Okay. And I think in in one of the seasons, it was well, it was it's kind of the whole show is about Bojack and his. So he, okay, so just so you know what it's about. He's a, he's an actor. Um, he's also a horse. He's also a horse. It's a it's a cartoon. Uh, uh, he used to be very. Um, popular for for his sitcom in the nineties, mm-hmm. and then uh, flash forward to now, where he's kind of uh, not doing so much. Where he's an alcoholic, and he's just <laughs> living off of his um, uh, money that he earned back mm-hmm. in the nineties. And it deals a lot with uh, his um, uh, pursuit of happiness. And there's one season. This is kind of a spoiler, but. Uh, <laughs> Where he he acts in, in a movie that ends up winning him an Oscar and it's really exciting for him and the moment he receives the Oscar he realizes this doesn't change anything. Yeah, exactly. I think this, I don't know, always happens. <laughs> Maybe not always, but every time you expect something to be the big. Game chain, game chain. I, I guess you know. You have to limit that space. So something that isn't existential. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if you expect these things to be the big game changer, they never turn out to be just as game changing <laughs> <laughs> as you imagined them to be. Yeah. I kind of want to use the word game changing in an essay. <laughs> Uh, so far, I've had science fiction stories from mm-hmm. you and kind of real-life fiction stories, if you want to call them that. And I was wondering which, if you can say, which of these genres you like better to write? Out of those two? Yes. I'm going to be diplomatic and I'm going to say it depends. <laughs> I, I like writing um, science fiction um, because it allows me to sort of create this entirely fictional world um, where literally anything can happen that I can imagine. But what I don't like, or at least uh, what um, bugs me about the story that, I, that I'm writing is I have to like, keep up with the continuity and I, I know I don't have to do this, but I, I, f- I feel obliged to do a lot of like, research because it, um, it is about space travel and I want to get some of the things right and I want to make some... Uh, appropriate references to um, astronomy that um, people will um, that people will recognize, and I do research just because there's so there are so many interesting things about space that uh, a lot of people don't know, mm-hmm. and like I think there's like one one moon in our somewhere in our system I forgot which planet, but there's a moon uh, that has ice volcanoes, which I find really oh, interesting. Wow. It's amazing. Uh, which I kind of want to um, <laughs> use at some point in the story. <laughs> the ice machine's broken again. <laughs> so yes. to the volcano. Yes. Uh, that's kind of um, a double-edged sword um, mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. which is science fiction. Um, and I like um, sort of real fiction. 
if that's the correct term. I have no idea. I, I would just fiction. say, yeah. Maybe it's just fiction. Yeah, fiction that is set in, in real life, mm-hmm. in, in modern day, um, because it's it's just easier to write. <laughs> and I think it lets, it lets you explore your characters um, more, because in science fiction, um, you have to, ca- well, at least the way I write it is, you have to kind of have a focus on on the plot and on the action and mm-hmm. where is where is it going and at least for me I think the most most science fiction stories that I that come to my mind have some sort of action element some some big conflict mm-hmm. either the end of all things or uh, big danger <laughs> it's it's a head that needs to be stopped <laughs> and just a realistic kind of fiction, you don't have that. You have realistic kind of drama that sort of lets you explore the characters more, just mm-hmm. lets you spend more time on them. At least that's, that's the way I, I think mm-hmm. of it, um, where the drama is, is real and it could happen. And yeah, you kind of just, I, I feel like in realistic fiction, you just get to develop your characters more. Mm-hmm. I see. And I, I get to write about things that really happened to me and just uh, make them more dramatic. <laughs> Pretend it was somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend something different yeah. ended up happening. Yeah, for example, or put feelings of uh, embarrassment on a fictional character. Mm-hmm. Like, Look at this guy, what an idiot. <laughs> I would never do this. <laughs> Is this a reason for you to write, to kind of speculate about what might have happened or rethink what has happened? I think um, sometimes I do, um, for example, there's one story that I wrote um, which is going going to end up being um, two different events in my life um, that happen at two different times, but I'm going to make them into one story because um, it works better for a fictional story. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of just something that I change from from real life to fiction. Um, But other times, I think it depends on the character because there are multiple characters and one of them, I think, is going to be like closest to me, as in um, the things that happen to him. For the other characters, I I could kind of, at least I allow myself to play around with um, what happens to them and what I, I wish would happen to me and mm-hmm. what I don't wish would happen to me and sort of play around with that. So, are there any other genres that you would like to write in? Um, I think I might dip my toe into uh, horror just for, for the month of October. Okay. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it might end up uh, being like a horror comedy, which, <laughs> which I'm fine with. <laughs> uh, horror comedy. Horror comedy. Horror. By the way, yesterday there was a film uh, on TV called Empire of the Sharks. <laughs> very sounds, very sounds funny. Great. It's supposed to be a sci-fi horror movie, but it's hilarious. Sounds really nice. <laughs> um, as I said I, before, it's not a short but um, I 
I'm figuring out uh, drama. Mm-hmm. So like the a couple of short stories that I presented at um, the universe meetings, mm-hmm. I'm kind of rewriting um, to be a screenplay at the moment. Ooh, cool. Um, that's kind of fun because I at the meetings I I've gotten a lot of uh, feedback that it's like a, like a lot of um, like strong dialogue mm-hmm. and not a lot of description mm-hmm. and. Some people even say, oh, this means like a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So I figure, you know, why not, why not try it out? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really fun um, because there's plenty of sort of uh, softwares that automatically uh, give you a screenplay format. Really? Cool, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, for example, <laughs> I use Write to Duet. Okay. Um, it's called it because um, you can like share with others and they can make their notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like a premium version, but I think it was really for like professionals. Mm-hmm. And the free version is like everything you need to get mm-hmm. started. And it's it's kind of really satisfying mm-hmm. because um, you can fill an entire page with just like one to two hundred words mm-hmm. because of the way that you know television works. Yeah, it's like um, I think it's an estimated uh, one page. Um, it's supposed like one minute of screen time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just sort of to help you figure out how long this takes. Mm-hmm. So if you have about 50 pages, that's about an hour mm-hmm. show. And you get to write like four pages, just just like that. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I've actually also been thinking about writing a TV show mm-hmm. because I'm doing some online um, courses on writing and now I'm doing a, an online class on writing for television. And the first um, exercise I was given is to watch the pilot of a show that I really like and to re-watch it a couple of times and then to go online and uh, look for the script for that pilot and then kind of dissect it and analyze it. Why is it working? What what works? What doesn't work? How does this go? And I think it's a really clever thing to do when I, when I get some more time. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Five months or so. It's gonna be a big game changer. <laughs> it's gonna be very game changing. Uh, the game changerness is real. <laughs> so maybe you'll maybe you'll both make it big in Hollywood one day. Um, well, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure, though. Yeah, maybe we'll see. A friend of mine said he he he's good at producing and he would get me to Hollywood. So <laughs> we'll see if that works. I wish there were like. A place, like an emblematic place for poetry, like there is Hollywood mm. for. Well, I do mean, I do I want that? You know what? There's also <laughs> a possibility that, that Philip and me write a screenplay about you, the poet, about Leo Hadley, <laughs> my, my sad life, the Leo then, biopic. Yes, the Leo biopic. The Leo pig. Oh, Leo pig is good. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like an animal. It's the Leo pig. It's <laughs> natural habitat. And then, and then, Me on the couch with a pack of crisps. And then we all, all go to the Oscars because, of course, the screenplay will get best original screenplay. And, or best adapted screenplay. Yeah, something I think, like that. Are those two different things? I never, yes, I never yes, they are two different things. Yeah. If, if there's a novel and you. Mm. Make it into um, a screenplay that's adapted, but if you write a screenplay that hasn't been a novel before, hmm. then it's original. So yeah. for, some, for some reason, uh, because it's going to sound stupid, I assume it would be adapted from the screenplay to the movie. <laughs> 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 Which, 
if it makes sense than what's uh, uh, that's what a screenplay is. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's possible. <laughs> the only thing is that who knows? I basically have to become famous be- before. Uh, oh, we make you famous by with that film. Make you a film about a guy who nobody knows. Yes, like actually that that really works. There's this fantastic documentary called Searching for Sugar Man. Oh yes, I've heard about that. He's um, a musician. He yes. was a musician. Yes, yeah. but nobody. I mean, okay. Well, nobody people, outside of South Africa. Yeah, Africa, he was very, yeah. very famous in South Africa, mm-hmm. and nobody else knew him. And then they made this film about him, and now he's known in all of, in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And they, they did make a movie about um, Professor Marston, who was uh, a professor of, of, I think, psychology, who also came up with uh, Wonder Woman. Mm. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. It was, I think it was controversial because apparently it wasn't... They added some fiction to that movie, from what I've read, but... Okay. <laughs> I see. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is, it, is it in, cin- in cinema Um, I think... It, w- it was in the cinemas like uh, last winter. Ah, okay. But you can find it online somewhere. Okay. okay. We could discuss the finer points of biography as well. And the, I mean, every narrative of one's life ends up being constructed if you look back on it and uh, portray it as, you know, one thing leading to the other with no dead ends. So, yeah, I mean, and movies like kind of necessarily fictionalized up to mm. point anyway, so might as well as something. I mean, you, if you write your own autobiography, mm. you probably don't even know yourself what you added and what you didn't because your memories don't always mm. reflect exactly what happened and there's different viewpoints and stuff like that. Also, I mean, it would just be so boring if you would just write about everyday activities, like... And then I had that for lunch, and then I went to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and these things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So are there any genres that you would not like to write? How do you feel about erotica? For the listener, you have to see Leo's face when he says erotica, because it's, uh, it's a slightly disgusted. I don't know, erotica's fine, if you're into that kind of thing. It's fine, it's fine. No, it's perfectly fine, I don't have any more judgments. No, no. <laughs> um, I really don't. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's funny you say that because I kind of thought about it. Um, I don't think I would ever write like an entire erotic novel, mm-hmm. like five hundred pages <laughs> of, of just uh, sex of sex. I mean, I I have never read an erotic novel. I assume there is a plot in between the sex scenes. Uh, I <laughs> um, but I think for for like a screenplay, um, I think with um, the one that I'm writing currently, I I do want it to be more mature, and I think I might include a sex scene uh, and also dialogue about sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like actual erotic literature is sometimes. I mean, it depends on the writer, but I feel like sometimes it's just kind of awkward because it can be very technical really quickly. Like, mm-hmm. I put my right arm on her left uh, shoulder and <laughs> kissed her on the left cheek. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know if that's a genre I absolutely would not do. Um, I think 
I might want to do fantasy at some point, but I would be kind of careful about that because I feel like a lot of it has always just been done mm -hmm. and overdone, mm -hmm. and you have to kind of have like a really original idea mm -hmm. to sort of stand out. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But I think what could work um, for for me it would something be like would be something like um, I think it's called portal fantasy. Something like that. Do you uh, write fantasy about the video game Portal? No, no. I think... Or was it that? Oh, no, no, sorry. It's, it's a different genre. But actually, I think Portal Fantasy is where somebody gets, like, teleported into a uh, fictional world. Like, like Outlander. Uh, like uh, Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, what I, that's actually not the one that I meant. What I meant was... Um, I think something like realistic fantasy or fantasy realism, where it's like a real world with like one fantastic mm -hmm. element. Oh, yeah, yeah. Magical realism. Yeah, magical realism, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, I like that too, yeah. Like, okay, no, it's not a book, but it's a show that I really loved, uh, um, Pushing Daisies, mm -hmm. was one one guy with the ability to mm -hmm. resurrect the dead. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be very good. Um, I think it's, it's kind of cheesy, mm -hmm. but it's very fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also... I've had a good a representation of good masculinity, not toxic. Main character is supposed yeah. to be very nice, isn't he? Yeah, that, that was just it. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's just this, this one, this one guy who can resurrect people, mm -hmm. and that's that's all this, and he solves crimes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> because I think there's also something that Bojack uh, said that every show nowadays is a crime show. It's a little bit different. <laughs> true, true, yeah. So you're working on a big project right yeah. now. How do you find the time? <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> uh, as I said, it's kind of on a, on a hiatus now. Um, oh, yeah. I have, uh, I want to say, like, on a Word or Google Documents, like 30 pages, and I think it's like 12,000 words-ish. Um, but... I realized that the parts that I wrote, I wrote mostly just for the for the purpose of the, of our meetings, mm -hmm. which um, does reflect on the writing mm -hmm. because I do keep the the chapters short and mm -hmm. and I think to, for it to be like a proper novel, I would have to I would have to make it, make it longer. Mm -hmm. Not that a novel needs to be long, but I think it would just add to it if I had more more description, more more detail. And there's a lot of uh, instances where, um, so I, in this story, I switch between um, the perspectives of perspectives of three characters, and I think there are a lot of instances where somebody has like um, like an inner monologue that is kind of cut short for mm -hmm. the sake of shortness that I could um, mm -hmm. make longer and more effective. Just like, well. I feel like I wouldn't know because I don't do this kind of thing, but I could imagine that writing a story with several different points of view doesn't really make it easier because, especially if you want to, you know, make it interesting, you have to kind of look after continuity a lot by like referencing things that happen mm -hmm. and the other one from a different point of view. How do you feel about that? Is that easy for you? Do you enjoy doing that? Or is that a, a burden for you? I think, I think that's actually fine for me. I think I... 
I mean, so far it's, it's only 30 pages, so it's fine. <laughs> and I do have like um, notes on my phone of like the most um, important points that have happened so far mm-hmm. and who was present for that. Um, I think it's actually easy, easier for me to write um, from multiple perspectives because I think if I wrote like hundreds of pages out of one character's point of view, I think I would get bored with that mm-hmm. character. And I mean, it works obviously because other people do it all the time. <laughs> and I, um, I do read novels that are all from one character's point of view. But I think for me, it's just it's just more fun to have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think in this particular story, I like to play around with um, with the personalities and with sort of I don't want, I want to say issues mm-hmm. <laughs> that they have, but it's like you know issues that anyone can have. Like one of them is more insecure. One of them mm-hmm. is like um, very confident. Uh, one of them is kind of more introvert and it's like. It's very reflective. Mm. The other one is an extrovert. It just says the first thing that comes to his mind. Mm. And the other one is just trying to to fit in. And I think that's, that's kind of what I like to play around with in, in this particular story. Mm-hmm. And is that the only project you're working on at the moment? Um, at the moment, I think, I don't know if, I think you talked about something similar with, with Angie. Uh, I think it do pretty much the same thing that she does. Oh, plan A, project yeah, A, project B? Yeah, project okay. A, project B. And sometimes it's like a very quick project C, which is <laughs> right in one hour and then it's, it's done okay, because okay. that's just satisfying to be done with something, even if it's just very short. I think, um, so the science fiction story is called Spacemates, mm-hmm. uh, just to, have, to give it a name for the listeners uh, who are not familiar. Uh, so I would say Space Mace is like my project A, mm-hmm. even though it's on a hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then project B is the story that it's like that I'm writing a screenplay. Mm-hmm. I do have a name for it, but it changes all the time because mm-hmm. I find like, oh, this thing works better, and oh, this one is taken, and this and that. Mm-hmm. But I'm very, I'm very happy with Space Mace. But yeah, mm-hmm. so the screenplay is um, kind of like my project B for now, and. That I have sort of, sort of uh, four protagonists, at least in the um, I'm going to say the pilot episode. <laughs> um, but I have written one scene that's not sort of in that episode, but like some future episode that is from a character's point of view is like more of a tertiary tertiary character. Um, so so the, the main characters are these these four guys who are sort of just you know, going out, going clubbing, and having their relationship drama. And then uh, one of those guys, uh, his name is Jamal, he has this roommate called Rachel, who's sort of just, um, well, the, the piece that I wrote for, that I presented at Universe, she's just this comedic relief. Yeah. And then I wrote um, a scene, or like a longer scene or sequence, where you see her go on a date, and you see mm-hmm. more of her as a character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I, I really like writing that because I, it's the first time I made a character purposely awful mm-hmm. and I kind of like, I, I found that I really liked writing an awful protagonist mm-hmm. because you, you do sort of feel for them at the beginning because everything is from their point of view and mm-hmm. you see their worries and their struggles but then they're just a really shitty person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just realize after, after a couple of minutes maybe... Maybe she's wrong. 
That sounds really interesting. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself in a situation that you want to write, but you just don't have time to do it? Or do you always find a way to get back to it? I think my, my answer is probably going to be the same that every writer is going to give you. I, I don't think I have a lot of time, or at least I tell myself I don't have a lot of mm -hmm. time, because at some point I um, push away the thought that writing is actually work, and I don't want it to work, I want to do writing for fun. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when you want to finish something, it is work and it's work that you have to do. Um, having said that, I'm trying to just squeeze the writing in, but, here, there. But that's exactly the thing. I, I mean, for me it's often like, actually when I think about it, mm. my writing is my priority in mm. life because it's the thing that makes me the happiest. Mm. But then when I look at my daily life, it never is my priority mm. because I don't get paid for it sounds yeah. stupid but that's that's the reality tyranny so, of wage labor yeah but so i kind of often <laughs> put it to kind of the back of all my activities and think okay i will mm -hmm. write once i'm done with all my mm -hmm. activities that i have to do and then it just doesn't really happen and that's really stupid because mm -hmm. it makes me so happy and I want to do it and then I'm grumpy all the time because I don't write but I don't write because I don't have time and it's mm. kind of yeah my I th yeah. I situation think I, I think I act very similarly where on any day that I am not working or I'm not at uni where I just have a free day uh, for myself and I don't have any plans um, I end up just doing nothing yes <laughs> um, because I feel like oh I I've worked so much recently, I'm just going to enjoy myself a little bit and then do a little bit of writing now. Okay, I'll just watch like one more YouTube video mm -hmm. or I'll just read 10 more pages of this book. Mm -hmm. you know. Well, maybe I should do a little bit of studying. So, And then it, eventually I'll write like five words for yeah. a text. And, yeah. Okay. But I think what actually really helps me is, is the universe society mm -hmm. because every time uh, I'm at a meeting, I feel really inspired to do more writing mm -hmm. and I usually, on my way home, I will start uh, writing on the, on the underground or the tram mm -hmm. and with the screenplay I have like five pages when I'm at home because it goes so fast. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, um, but, with, but with something like Space Mates, it, it just takes me, because it is prose, mm -hmm. it just takes me so much longer mm -hmm. because I feel like Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I feel like when you read something as opposed to watching something, I feel like every sentence and every word is more impactful. Mm. Maybe it's just me. For me, it's sometimes the other way around because I actually think, okay, I'm watching a film mm -hmm. about people, actual people, and mm -hmm. they say things, and when somebody says something, mm -hmm. it's sometimes more impactful when I say something mm -hmm than when I read a book, which is a bit strange because the book can also be very impactful, but I'm just imagining a real person saying that to me. And then it's, yeah, very, very strong, I think. But yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, writing a novel is mm. just... Maybe it's also just oh. the, the years at the English department where I learned that like, every sentence needs to be connected to the previous sentence yes. and uh, the following sentence. And it's supposed to be short, but not too short. And yeah. It's supposed to have a thesis statement, and, but the yeah. thesis statement has to be clear and evident. And, everybody, and just one, uh, one, one paragraph, sentence. one thought. One sentence is not a paragraph. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and do you need a transition? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. 
We also need a transition from <laughs> the main part of the podcast to the part where you tell the people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on, on Twitter uh, at, it's a stupid name, but I don't want to change it, uh, at Fipster Hipster, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure you will put in the description. You will. <laughs> you know? And I don't really have a lot of writing that can be found online, but you can. But sometimes I p- write some funny tweets, and you can read those. And you can buy the book. And you can buy the, the anthology, which Leo will also put in the description. He will. <laughs> and if that's possible for you, you can just come to the universe meetings, and maybe I'll read something. <laughs> mm. uh, my blog is still same old, same old. Um, I still haven't published anything new recently, so. Yeah, you're stuck with what you have there. I guess you'll just have to come to the universe meeting. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's what I guess too. You should come. You really oh. should. Do it. Come. Do it now. I'll put your link to your blog yes. into the show notes as usual. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Leo Engelmeyer. This was episode 21 of the Universe podcast. If you enjoyed it and would like to hear more from us, make sure to subscribe to the Universe Podcast wherever you're listening to it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and tell us what you think. It also helps other people find the programme. And tell all your friends about it. All of them. Comments? Questions? You can reach us on Twitter. We're at pod universe on facebook or by sending an email to podcast at universe.univ.org this podcast was edited and hosted by leonhard engelmeyer the co-host was charlotte terz our guest on this episode was philip kreuz on the editorial board for this episode as she so often is was charlotte terz I hope you visit this planet of the universe again. In the meantime, stay safe in space. Thank you for listening.